Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Chit Chat with Finn Maniacs. I'm your host, Tanner Elliott, and today we have a special guest in Asher Lowe from the Badgers Wire. How's it going, Asher? It's going good. Ready to talk some football, ready to talk some spring action. I know we got the NFL draft coming up, too, so that, that, that is what I'm definitely most excited for this week. So, Asher, you're, you're more familiar, you're most familiar with Wisconsin football, and I know there's spring football going on, and there's a little bit of a you know, weird year this year. So what what are you most looking forward to with Wisconsin football coming up in the in the fall? Well, I'm looking forward to, first of all, to see this team without, or with, I should say, a spring practice with a normal schedule leading up to the year that they didn't get last year, that nobody really got last year in the country. And I'm looking forward to see Grant Mertz in year two, to see him take over and obviously year three in the program, but year two is the starter. And to take the next step and B, that Wisconsin quarterback that can finally get the Badgers over a couple of humps that they've struggled to get past in recent years, the Big Ten championship game being one of them, possibly a college football playoff berth at some point in his career would be the goals. And I'm excited to see how he looks. Uh, a new revamped defense, losing a couple pieces, but mostly returning the best players from last year's defense uh, to this year's defense. So looking forward to as well a really, really good freshman class and seeing what which true freshmen step forward. One of the highest rated classes in the country, the highest rated class in Wisconsin football history this year. Yeah, I, I have seen that. You've been you've been showcasing a lot of the uh the the young stars Wisconsin football is really getting. Before we touch on the recruiting class, do you want to speak on some of the the Wisconsin players you're most looking forward to to be in the NFL this upcoming year in the draft and and possibly even next year in, in 2022? Yeah, so this is I wouldn't say this is a strong draft class for Wisconsin, just based on depth and where guys will go. If you remember last year, we had obviously Jonathan Taylor as a possible round one guy. Maybe would slip to round two. He did end up slipping to round two. Colts grabbed him up, had a fantastic rookie year. And then uh, we also had, uh, let's see, we had Quintez Cephas, uh, Zach Bond as well, who we're talking about as a possible linebacker to go in round one. He ended up falling all the way to round uh, three. And the Saints grabbed him, and he, he was really solid in, in limited action, but he'll play a lot more this year than Quintez Cephas, who I was mentioning already. But a much deeper class last year than we have this year. Cole Van Landen, offensive lineman, as they always seem to be from Wisconsin, offensive lineman going to the NFL and playing well in the NFL. Cole Van Landen is that guy this year. He'll probably be the first badger off the board in this draft. Rashad Wild Deuce, a very underrated corner, I think, in this draft, a guy that a ton of teams could use on day three of, of this year's draft and a strong physical corner that really improved as his career went on had a really good year uh this past year so i'm looking forward to seeing how uh, how rashad fares uh garrett groshek he's an interesting case uh mason stock he's an interesting case with fullbacks and running backs that are kind of a little different than your average running back but hey alec ingold if you watched him at all uh, on the raiders he, he's finding a niche in, in today's nfl at the fullback position so there are still fullbacks to be had in the nfl and still fullbacks to play meaningful roles, so I'm excited to see if Wisconsin could add another one to the NFL ranks. Yeah, Wisconsin is most most no, notably known for their offensive line. They have a ton of running backs coming in the draft as well, past years. So let's talk about this recruiting class. You said it's the highest ranked ever in Wisconsin history. I know, you know, you guys got hit with a lot with, you know, COVID issues beginning of the year. You guys had a couple games get canceled. Uh, Graham Murch, you were saying, your starting quarterback was even out for a couple weeks due to it. Well, 
What are your expectations for this mm -hmm. freshman class this upcoming year? And most importantly, what's one freshman you're really looking forward to seeing on the field next year? I have huge hopes for this freshman class, not necessarily this year because of the way college football works and the fact that so many seniors members can come back and did decide to come back for that extra year of eligibility. So the opportunities maybe aren't there this year on a team as good as Wisconsin is going to be next year. But down the road, I can't wait to watch this class. And if you want one guy, I have to, I have to mention this guy uh, out of the class because he's been tearing it up in high school uh, in the state of Wisconsin, been going crazy this high school spring season they're having in the Wisconsin area is Braylon Allen, who I, I could call him a linebacker. I could call him a safety. I could call him a running back. He'll probably play somewhere on the defense at Wisconsin, 99.99% going to be on the defensive side of the ball. But he also had, what, five rushing touchdowns last week in a high school game. So he, he's a freak of nature. You watch him in the weight room. He is – I've seen. NFL level in the weight room. Yeah, he is, he is definitely uh... – a name to look forward to. Do you think Wisconsin could win the Big Ten next year with Ohio State losing Justin Fields? I know they're not losing too many other marquee players, but Justin Fields being the big one, do you think Wisconsin has the potential to take the next step to become, you know, the next Big Ten and possibly college football playoff powerhouse? College football playoff powerhouse, I, I would I would I would pump the brakes a little bit just because of the way that Alabama recruits, the way that Clemson recruits. I don't think Wisconsin will ever be there, but I absolutely think Wisconsin has a chance to win the Big Ten next year. Absolutely. Uh, they should win the Big Ten West. The schedule isn't easy by any means, but every really tough game is at home, which I think is really important. You get um, Minnesota at home. You get um, Penn State at home in week one. That's an interesting game right there. That, that'll decide a lot about those two teams' seasons playing in week one. Yeah. But – you get no Ohio State on the schedule, which is huge because that's an auto loss. And all of a sudden you have an auto loss and you lose one other, you still have in one other Big Ten West game you shouldn't lose. That's a two-loss team. That team probably isn't going to Indianapolis if another Big Ten West team falls out all year. So no Ohio State on the schedule is very nice. And yeah, the Buckeyes will be there. They'll be back. Uh, Indiana's really good next year, but the Buckeyes will be back. Uh, Penn State's going to be better for sure. Michigan's going to be better for sure. But the Buckeyes should win the Big Ten East again, as usual. And Wisconsin should win the Big Ten West. And then it all comes down to one game. And is Wisconsin going to win that game more times than not? Probably not. But it's one football game. And, and anything can happen in one football game. We'll see. If Graham takes the next step, there's no reason why Wisconsin can't win that game, say, three times out of ten. So it's got to be that one. You're exactly right, Asher. It's going to be very interesting to see, you know, what – Wisconsin does like Ohio State does like you said Michigan making a jump Penn State I know Penn State had a a very bad very bad season last year so hopefully you know oh, yeah. <laughs> so you told me you were at the Big Ten championship and well you know back when things were you know still iffy and they were just starting to let fans in you want to talk about your experience like that and you know how how you see things getting better in the future in that regard yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, I was at the Big Ten tournament, men's basketball tournament in Indianapolis. And it was what now two months ago almost in March. It, it was awesome. We had the Wisconsin parents there and Wisconsin wasn't allowing any fan family, friends, nobody into the Cole Center to watch basketball. And other schools were Wisconsin was not at all. And it was awesome to see the parents there to see Barry Alvarez, Wisconsin's athletic director, who I met there, who gave us some free food as well. 
uh, at the Penn State game in the first round. At the end of the game, he was handing out boxes from his his suite of free food to us and giving it to all the Wisconsin fans. It was a lot of fun uh, to see the game back together again, to see all the moms and and the family members that I recognize and some of them that I know, and to see that energy in a stadium again because the Cole Center, like I said, for Wisconsin basketball and Wisconsin hockey, and as well as Wisconsin volleyball at the field house, it's all been obviously Camp Randall. It's all been completely empty. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a shame, really. But hopefully now things are starting to get better. Hopefully, you know, coming in the next season for, for everything, hopefully everything's at least 50% capacity, which I, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't. Now, how would you say I, – I know the college basketball season just ended. How, how, how did you uh, think the Final Four played out on the men's side? Did you think that, you know – did you expect Baylor to win it all? Did you expect Gonzaga to, you know, remain undefeated throughout the whole season? Or Yeah, I had Gonzaga winning it all from before the year started. I thought they were the best assembled college basketball team I've ever seen in my lifetime. And yeah, I think they ran into a team that played their best game of the season and a team that was at their level all year. I think that was the one team. It was at Gonzaga's level all year long. They they almost never wavered from that level beyond the fact, of course, that they had that COVID pause and came back a little shaky from that. Almost lost to Iowa State, that Baylor team did. Almost, uh, or did lose to Kansas on the road. All, then lost to Oklahoma State in the Big 12 tournament, which I actually spoke to one of their assistant coaches a couple weeks ago, and he told me that that loss to Oklahoma State in the Big 12 tournament was a blessing in disguise. And I, I legitimately think that Gonzaga would have been better off. And I was talking to fans about this before the tournament, Gonzaga fans. I'm friends with a lot of them. And I thought they would have been better off with loss going into the tournament, just mentally. Obviously, you don't root for your team to lose a game. Uh, you'd always rather win a game than lose a game. But I think Baylor actually had an advantage losing in the Big 12 tournament versus Gonzaga going in undefeated to the NCAA tournament and that pressure and that added mental thing of, well, we haven't lost a game. We don't really know what it's like to lose a game game and come back from that and I think Baylor went through more adversity than Gonzaga did and it's nothing to do nothing to do with conferences nothing to do with the WCC nothing to do with the Big 12 it's actually has to do with COVID because I don't think Baylor would have lost a game honestly uh, if they had not the COVID stoppage so yeah I was expecting Gonzaga to win it all Baylor won that game in the first few minutes they came out and just punched Gonzaga in the mouth it was 10 nothing it was a dominant dominant first three or four minutes and then Gonzaga held held serve and but they couldn't make that comeback, that run, to get all the way back in the game. So I've, I've actually talked to, you know, plenty of my friends about the, the tournament, and you were the first one to ever, you know, even bring up the fact that Gonzaga had the pressure of keeping the undefeated season. And now that you bring it up, you know, there's a lot of pressure that goes on with that, man. It's You go, you go back to the Patriots in 07. I'm not even sure, you know, I'm not too educated on on, on, on that many other sports. But it, the, the pressure of just having the – the championship game is the only game standing in your way of being a, a perfect season. The pressure that must be unreal because now not only are you, you know, yeah, pressured 100%. to win the game, you're pressured to, to have the perfect season to, you know, do all this other stuff. And I think that was a great point you brought up, but exactly like you said, Baylor, Baylor did win that game first couple seconds. They were just, well, his you coach, know, your coach told me, I mean, there's isn't coach. The first thing he said to me when I, when I asked him, one the Baylor assistants when I asked him 
actually it was on clubhouse which is a really cool app i don't know if you've been on clubhouse it's like locker room if you've been on there yeah it's like a voice social media um and and they're, they're new they're growing they're really cool apps for content creators and podcasters and all that i really enjoy it and baylor's assistant, one of baylor's assistants was on there and i asked him what was the turn point for you guys where and i turn by turning point i mean they had a clear turning point after the covid pause where they became just a much worse basketball team for a couple weeks and it was understandable as to why they just taken what 20 days off hadn't really had any team events came back after covid and weren't the same obviously and i asked him what was the turning point to getting back to where you were at the beginning of the year where they were the clear 1a 1b situation with gonzaga and immediately he said to me it was that oklahoma state loss in the big 12 tournament I thought that was the moment where we flipped back to, hey, we're, we're going to get back to who we were. And it was a loss that did that for them. Gonzaga never had that down moment before the NCAA tournament began. And I, I honestly think it could have made a difference. Who knows? It's a one-game scenario. Who knows? I just think that they're better off with one loss going in there are undefeated. And I always kind of believe that. There's no way to really prove it statistically. It's not a statistical argument. It's a mental argument. Uh, there's no way to really prove it right or wrong. Uh, I just think that hearing that from Baylor's coach, really opened my eyes to like, wow, like that, that adversity of losing a game helped them then win six in a row. Yeah. That's, that's crazy how that, you know, that the, that's the first thing the coach thought of, because uh, if, if you go back and, you know, if they read you the game, let's say Gonzaga lost before the tournament, the game could have been completely different, you know, but I also think, you know, maybe a little bit of fatigue factor played in because I know Baylor faced Houston, the, you know, in the final four and Houston wasn't, you know, the best team. And, um, Gonzaga's coming off the 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 thriller against sure, John, sure. yeah Johnny J- Johnny Juzang and, and UCLA, so it I I don't think that plays into it as much as what you're saying actually the the perfect season, but I definitely think it plays a a part. I think that now, played a part. Yeah, totally agree. So I now I do have a question. Do you think that you know everyone's talking about should college athletes be paid? And then you look at you know Jalen Suggs what he just did. Do you think that in the future it's going to be more viable to pay college athletes, or do you think they're going to take more of the G League route? I saw Jalen Green did this past year. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think, first of all, as we're already seeing legislatively, we're going to see name, image, and likeness. We're not going to see athletes being paid salaries. I don't know if in my lifetime, college athletes that is, but we're 100% and we have to, like tomorrow. And I, I think they should be paid more than, than, than even having this option. I, I think they should be paid some monetary stipend, Correct. personally. But that's another story, and I don't have the, the breakdown of how I would pay them, whatever. I just think they should be paid. But if, if you don't believe they should have access to their name, image, and likeness, I don't know what sport you're watching or what sport you're covering, like, that, that's a no-brainer. I mean, I think everybody, almost everybody I talk to agrees with that. You should have the opportunity to make money off your own name, skill, and talent while in college. It is ridiculous that you cannot do yep. that. I can do that as a college student at Wisconsin, but Jalen Suggs can't. So that makes no sense, uh, especially given the millions of dollars that those specific athletes, the highest level of Division One basketball and, and, of course, football even more, uh, athletes make for their university. Now, the other question is an interesting one, and I think that a lot of college basketball, and I would consider myself – more of a college basketball guy than anything else. I'm a basketball guy first and foremost, but yeah, I cover college football and college basketball, but I, I'm a college basketball guy. And most of college basketball Twitter and most of my friends that also cover this sport 
they're very they're very nonchalant about the about the G League Ignite. They're just kind of like, yeah, our sport's going to be fine. I'm not worried about it. Everyone always says college basketball is doomed, and it's never actually doomed. There's so many great players that will be in this tournament. The March Madness tournament is always going to be the best event in amateur basketball, whatever, whatever, whatever. I honestly have a slightly different view. I think the G League is a massive threat, massive threat, because Sharif Abdurrahim is running a G League program that can expand. Uh, I think that that G League Ignite team of, what, eight, eight guys from high school? whatever it was, maybe even less, five or six guys from high school, yeah. that team could be a league. Why is that not a league? Why is there not, why are there not 30 teams? And why would I not watch that? Because I would watch that if it was marketed well. Why would the NBA not want their development league to be their development league, the NBA development league? There is a huge opportunity there, given how huge these stars already are at their ages. And that's, that's new. Whether you want to rip on the G League and say it'll never challenge it or not, you have to admit this. There's nothing like the basketball culture we're living in right now for high school. There's never been anything like this. It's never been like you're a superstar by the time you're 14, 15, and you're bigger than the school you're going to. I mean, who's more famous when they're going to, the, when they're going to school? Was Zion more famous than Duke? Probably. Yeah, you, you are you are 100% right. I mean, that's You're 100% right. That's Duke basketball. You're right. Was Grant Hill more famous than Duke when he went? No. Was Jalen Rose, Juwan Howard, were they more famous than the Michigan brand? No. Was Chris Webber? No. But is, uh, I don't know, is Chet Holmgren more popular than Gonzaga as an image? Like, what makes yeah. more money, Chet Holmgren or Gonzaga? You're Chet. right. Chet's a superstar. You know, you know Chet. You probably got it. Like, Imani Bates, you probably know that name. You probably know that name for three years. I mean, it's a whole different sport, and college basketball should be worried because the NBA should absolutely capitalize off this. They can also train those guys better than they get at AAU. They can start them from a younger age. There's no rule. There's that, they're not going to be started at, at 18. They can be started at 16. That's what they do in Europe. Europe, Ricky Rubio played when he was 13 years old, 14 years old on, the, on a professional team, like high-level professional team. Those guys – Start in club, and that's how they that's how they play. They play professionally by the time they're 14, 15. So I it could be a whole different thing here going on with the NBA development league, G League, as it's now known. And I think that it should have college basketball fans very worried. You named every single great point except for the point that they get paid as they do playing that, that G yeah, League. I forgot about that part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a couple hundred thousand dollars. And five five hundred using the like five hundred thousand dollars. Did you see the thing about like like, oh, Jones sucks hit that shot, so why would he have gone to the G League? He's making so much more money. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I have seen that. that. Around, like, yeah. Jones has made a great decision financially. Like, okay. <laughs> hey, I mean, did BJ Boston? Did Terrence, like, like, did, and, and like, I can't, I, can you believe the Terrence Clark story? Like, it's, it's. Yeah, dude, that's just. Literally, like, I couldn't believe that. I it's, just it's heartbreaking, I, I'm talking man. about BJ Boston right now. I don't know my name in a basketball sense. I can't even talk about him in a basketball sense, man. Like. Like that, I, I, that was, this has been, this has been probably, that, that was probably the saddest story I've, I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude, that's, that, that was heartbreaking, man. I couldn't believe it. And Coach Cal, like Coach Cal took all the players, went out there. Like I can't imagine being BJ Boston right now. He's behind him in that. I, I just can't, I can't believe that happened. And, um, uh, I do think that 
that's a that that is one example where actually it's one example where professional basketball, a G League program can never create the bond, like the brotherhood. That I think a lot of these guys have. And I think you saw that family with Coach Cal. And I, I I have my problems with Coach Cal, but one thing he is is great at creating a culture where everybody seems to feel like they're you know their their family and uh, seeing seeing him go out and and bring the team together for that it was just I mean that just there's no words man it was just it was just a crazy week with that but uh, and and mentioning BJ's name got me got me to there in my mind so <laughs> no I mean I understand it's a it's a very heartbreaking story for Terrence Clark and you know BJ like you said it's it's I I couldn't imagine anything that happening it's just it's just a travesty really but exactly like you were saying man it's it's hard, it's hard to create the bond when you're on a you know a G League team like that, but it, in college it's a whole different experience because you might be rooming with them. It's like for all we know, they they yeah, yeah they, for all we know, Terrence and and BJ could have been roommates, and we just don't know. And you can just you you just don't build a bond with someone if like that if you're not a roommate or if you're not hanging out all the time. Yeah, I, have, I think it's different different level of of connection and and, and feeling with you know with that school and that place and that year, even if it's just one year, I think it's a, it's a whole different thing mentally and socially. And, and I think that's important in some ways and that, that, that will never go away. College basketball will always be that over whatever the G league product is, that will always be supreme in college basketball for guys that value that kind of family environment. Yeah, you are right. And, the, and exactly like you said, March Madness is always going to be March Madness. So it's it's hard to overtake that, you know what I mean? The G League really, or the NBA really can't compete with March Madness. I really think March Madness is is something that now pro teams can't even compete with. So Asher, yeah, I uh, agree. I agree. I wanna I wanna thank you for you know for coming on, man, stepping out of your comfort zone a little bit. Uh, sorry we had to end on you know a little sour note there, but. Um, I guess it is what it is. No, man. it was my fault. Mentioning <laughs> Boston's name, I couldn't, couldn't do that without thinking about the tragedy of the week. So, yeah, man, it's 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 okay. Uh, though, no, man. it was uh, it was good hopping on with you. The G League is the G League is going to be a problem in the next decade, two decades. Uh, it's going to become. I think it should become a league. I think they should, you know, add teams. I think it's going to be interesting to see how it how it develops. Because hey, I don't know about you, but I loved watching it this year. Mm-hmm. I loved watching that at night game. It's you know what I mean it's it's just it's something that it's brand new it's fresh and I think once it gets more exposure because I, I it's to me it's not even marketed I didn't see any you know anything about it yeah not much so I I think once you know once once teams and brands and leagues start you know marketing that more even if uh, the XFL if it comes back I think that's definitely going to be a competitor for college sports especially if the you know the athletes don't get the compensation they want if they're offered you know half a million dollars for one year, then I think they'll definitely take the the money over the, the college experience. Absolutely. So, Asher, well, I, I want to thank you again for stepping out of your comfort zone. Uh, if you just want to tell everyone where they can find you at for, you know, Wisconsin college football, college basketball, yeah, and at everything LW, like that. Yeah, at LOW underscore uh, 33. Badgerswire.com is our website. They're USA Today Sports covering Wisconsin. Lots of football and basketball, but honestly, any Big Ten football, ton of draft coverage this week. So be sure to follow all the wire sites for all the draft, NFL draft coverage. And if uh, I know you're a, you're a Dolphins guy, correct? Yeah. If the Badgers get another, or the Dolphins get another Badger, as we have, we already have ha- have had a couple in half. 
of Andrew Van Ginkle, obviously the legend. But um, yeah, Van Ginkle. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be covering all Wisconsin prospects drafted, and the wire sites around the network will be covering any guys drafted from their wire site schools. So yeah, follow for some NFL draft coverage this week. Once again, Asher, thank you, and to all the Finmaniacs out there listening, I will catch you guys in the next episode. Oh, <laughs> oh,